0: Hello, and welcome to the Stem Cell Healing Institute podcast. In case you have any questions regarding this program, please write us at infostemcellhealinginstitute.com. At Thank you, and enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Stem Cell Healing Institute podcast. We are here once again with Dr. Sarah Figuredo. How are you, doctor?
1: I'm very well, Louise. Thank you so much for having me. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. So, this is like um, part two of our previous podcast. If you haven't listened to the previous podcast, the topic was Physician Heal Thyself. In this case, we're going to talk about Thai food as Thai medicine. Um, and doctor is going to explain, uh, this topic because I know she is a very healthy person. So in this case, doctor, can, what can you tell us about the topic of this podcast?
1: Yes. Um, you know, it, it, it can mean there's so much behind this topic because, uh, First of all, both of these expressions, physician, uh, heal thyself, as well as uh, uh, thy food, as thy medicine, are both uh, Hippocratic terms. They came from Hippocrates uh, back, at the, uh, back in, uh, uh, in the day. And there's so much behind these expressions. So let me explain with this one. Um, you know, we, it's so easy for us, especially in, in North America, for us to go Uh, It's such a pharmaceutical environment where we have a headache and our first instinct is to go get a a pill, Uh, whether it's aspirin or Tylenol or uh, whatever it might be, acetaminophen, ibuprofen. So our first instinct is take a pill for instant relief. And we don't stop to think that what are we actually doing? We We have a headache, which is the symptom, and we're trying to ameliorate the symptom with something. And we don't really stop to think, okay, why do I have this headache? Or what's causing this headache? What's the root cause of this headache? And, and that is the most important question because so it's so easy for us to sort of um, ameliorate and, and, and cover up the facade and make everything look pretty on the outside while there's something uh, malicious or, or uh, malevolent going on underneath the surface. And that's what we need to always be addressing when we address the body as a whole and, uh, and when we talk about food as thy medicine.
0: So, Doctor, I know this is a very loaded question, um, but can we, how can we use food as our medicine?
1: <laughs> yes, it is a very loaded question. Um, let's start with the basic foundations and the building blocks uh, of our body. You know how they say we are what we eat. Um, oh, yeah. and that's very true. <laughs> it's very true. We are what we eat. If we're going to eat junk food and high, highly palatable, you know, garbage, uh, with added preservatives and processed foods, um, we are not getting the, the wholesomeness of all of the nutrients and, um uh, and the greens and the, uh, just that wholesome uh, food okay so if we're getting a lot of processed food that's what we're going to be and that's really what we're going to look like so so yes yeah, so when I say that we are what we eat and it also comes down to also we are what we absorb and and that can be a whole uh, another topic in, in, in and of itself especially as we age when our digestion diminishes uh, and our gut just doesn't uh, digest the food or absorb it as well that's, uh, that's another topic, and then we run into other issues with that as well. However, when we're talking about the macronutrients, fats, uh, carbohydrates, proteins, we want to, and then of course the, the trace minerals and, and, uh, and vitamins, we want to ensure that these are coming from the most uh, wholesome and the most unprocessed sources. We are so heavily ridden with non-organic and conventional Produce, for instance, is so high in pesticides and herbicides. And then we have so many of the processed foods that are laden with high fructose corn syrup, which has a major effect on our, our metabolism and blood sugar. Um, and then we have the artificial colors and additives like the, you know, dye number five and you know, blue dye number six and whatever the case may be, which has been shown to directly affect ADHD and, and uh, in children as well as exacerbate autism, uh, children you know children with autism as well and and those are just a few examples there's another one BHT this is um, really worth noting BHT is an additive uh, which is uh, somewhat of a preservative in a lot of processed foods that has been shown to literally kill brain cells okay so neuronal cells have been shown Uh, to be damaged with these things. So these are things to really be aware of in what we're eating. And that's why we condone, it's not always easy to, you know, have a home cooked meal. Um, But, you know, my my rule is always 80-20. 80% of the time, you want to make the right choices, do the right thing. Um, 20% of the time, you're free to you know, be on the run and grab a burger if you need to. Um, and that's sort of, you know, our general rule of thumb, because life isn't perfect, and we're not going to be perfect. And it's, it's impossible uh, for us to expect to be perfect. So uh, it, we just learn about right, making the right choices. And we all know, we all know what those are. Um, you know, it, as we age, you know, I talk about aging a lot, because I do have a lot of older patients. And We have to focus on proteins. So really good, that would be number one. It's really good quality uh, proteins, clean, grass-fed. I'm not uh, averse to to animal products. You know, we talk about clean, clean proteins. And then we talk, of course, the green leafies. Those are the number one uh, choice with olive oil and a little bit of acid to uh, enhance absorption. And then we have our our good fats, which are so essential. And those are olive oil, olives, whole olives, which are, are so important because they do contain components um, and polyphenols that the olive oil itself doesn't have uh, in many cases. And then, and of course, cold press first pass is so important, extra virgin. Uh, and then avocados and uh, walnuts, pecans, macadamia nuts, which all which have, you know omega threes and omega sevens and a little bit of omega six we we try to sort of minimize our omega sixes because they can be more inflammatory uh, and in in our um North American lifestyle, we tend to get a lot of omega six so we want to concentrate on the omega threes omega sevens uh, and omega nines, which are like the olives and the olive oil and then uh last but not least uh Uh, Actually, I forgot another category that I like to call fiber, which is so important, again, in the trifecta of muscle gain and and fat loss and um, maintenance and energy is the trifecta of the protein, good fats and fibers. So things like flax seeds, inulin, um, uh, chia seeds and uh, uh, basil seeds and and we can get into the topic of lectins, but uh, I'm not too, too concerned with that as w- if we have a balanced lifestyle. Then um, the carbohydrates, of course, and I'm not against carbohydrates at all. Uh, however, I do feel that that would be sort of last on the list, but with um, and and the right carbohydrates. So that would be brown rice, quinoa, sweet potatoes, oatmeal, uh, amaranth things like that and uh, you know staying away from the uh, the whites we we always say the white sugar the white potatoes white flour, white bread things like that so that's sort of um, everything in a nutshell I know that this is sort of just a we're just sort of scratching the surface of this but really important to keep these things in mind when we are building our plate uh, for instance and um, and then a lot of water tons of water water is, our our life source and so i always uh, reiterate water and lemon water is is very very effective in sort of controlling appetite as well as blood sugar to a certain degree and it's very cleansing for the liver uh, as well and
0: also if you don't like water itself you can add uh, some lime into it yeah
1: that's right that's right and it helps uh uh, the secretion of bile. So that's how it literally can be detoxifying as well.
0: Doctor, you mentioned something very important, um, the 80-20 factor, um, mm-hmm. because that's actually how um, I go in my life. Um, my wife loves, she loves young food, and, <laughs> and I totally hate it. Um, but I do like it once in a while. But I, I, I try to run my diet at 80-20, like you mentioned. It is very important to add exercise to this uh, because it's not about starving or having a little treat once in a while, right? It's, it's also right. about uh, lifestyle, like you mentioned in our previous podcast.
1: That's right. Yes, uh, Louise, thank you for mentioning that. Yes, exercise is is so important. Just moving. Uh, you know, if, if people don't have an exercise routine per se, just getting up and moving every 20 minutes, 30 minutes, uh, they're at their desk. I always tell my patients, you know, after 20 minutes, just get up and take a stroll around the office for a couple of minutes, um, especially after eating. Um, that will um, offset the blood sugar or any carbohydrate, uh, insulin spike that we might have, you know, just walking around after a meal for 10 minutes, even if it's just around the office or the house can help so much. So literally just moving, uh, without having to be, have a structured workout routine. So thank you for bringing that up. That is so, so, so huge, so important and, and maintenance of muscle, right? When we're using, we're not losing. And so, um, that is, that is so important in metabolism and strength and, and anti-aging because as we age, we, we lose uh, every, every decade after the age of 30, after every year of our life, we can lose up to a percentage uh, muscle and up to 2% after the age of 40. So it's so important that we're maintaining our muscle, our strength, our energy, it, it translates into energy. And then, yes, and as you mentioned, the 80-20 rule, and, and that's so important too, Louise, as you, as, you, as you touched on, because, you know, life is short. And if you love your, you know, hamburger, go out and have your fast food burger, whatever it might be, your, your Snickers bar, go out and have your Snickers bar. Um, do it in the right way, know your limits, and, um, and then make the right choices the rest of the time. And, uh, and I always say that to my, my patients that life is short. You have to enjoy the things that you love and, and there's nothing wrong with that as long as we have balance.
0: So I know most of your patients come uh, from up North from United States and Canada, but, um, how, how different is the diet up there than down here in this part of the world?
1: You know, that is a, a very interesting question, Louise, because, you know, I, I touch on that a lot here. Um, here in, in in Central America, we see uh, a lot of tortilla and corn and white flour, um, the breads, uh, the sugars. So it's a really high starch, high carbohydrate diet. And that's because of the socioeconomic Situation in in Guatemala and in and in uh, I think Central America as a whole, and so you you see a lot of uh, it's interesting because you see a lot of obese obesity. However, they are malnourished, so there's malnourishment with obesity. So we don't see a, a lot of starvation. Um, we see more of the wrong type of food being eaten, and it's only because. It's not available to the socioeconomic uh, in the socioeconomic environment. So we see a lot of the, you know, the cheaper commodities, white breads, white flour, sugar, uh, corn. Corn is a huge one here, uh, especially because it is a big staple of the Latin American diet. We have tortillas, we have tamales, tortrix, those kinds of things which are, which are really rampant in the, in the diet here. And so it's interesting to note, to make that note, that there's a difference between malnourishment versus malnutrition. Here, we would say there's more of a, or an uh, undernourished, there's more of a malnourished here, uh, because the calories are there, but they're uh, not nutrient-dense calories. And then in North America, uh, we see a very similar situation as well, different types of foods. Uh, very similar type of situation where we if we have pockets of you know poverty uh, we see many times that it's malnourished versus undernourished because they're just eating uh, they're getting the foods they're just the wrong foods and just very low nutrient dense foods high calorie
0: a lot of preservatives
1: yes and a lot of preservatives yeah so those cheaper foods are uh yes calorie dense low nutrient, and a lot of preservatives.
0: There's not a perfect world, but we have to stay healthy by what we eat. So, doctor, can you give us an example of a healthy diet with whatever is available in my fridge? Being healthy and have a, uh, a healthy diet is sometimes expensive.
1: Yes, you know, and that's so true. And we can do this on the cheap. You, right. It is very, very, um, it's not difficult. You do have to sort of learn the ins and outs of it. Uh, but it, it isn't difficult to eat healthy uh, on a low budget, for instance. Um, and again, this I'm not uh, specifying any sort of dietary restrictions or anything here. So I'm going to be very general. I'm going to use dairy. I'm going to use eggs, uh, which we don't do with every patient. Uh, But in this case, I will just because I don't want to. That's a different topic altogether. So, for instance, a breakfast, a really low budget, super healthy breakfast can be a couple of eggs cooked in coconut oil or ghee uh, or even olive oil at a low temperature uh, with spinach and some veggies with some avocado on the side. If you're not afraid of carbohydrates, we can add a... um, uh, a little bit of either sweet potato or even a whole grain toast. Okay, so that's a really low cost, very healthy meal. And you have, we're hitting the veggies, uh, the green leafies, we're hitting the protein with the eggs, uh, we're hitting some carbohydrates, we're hitting the good fats with some avocado, okay, and the oils. There's there's a breakfast. Another uh, option of breakfast might be Greek yogurt with nuts and seeds and berries, um, and then uh, and ensuring that you have enough of the nuts and seeds and uh, to get the good amount of fats. So you have Greek yogurt with protein. You've got the berries, which are low sugar uh, and really high in antioxidants and flavonoids. Also, uh, supplement that with maybe even another piece of toast with nut butter, and you'd be great, good to go. Or a or a nice muffin, a healthy. Uh, multi-grain uh, fruit and seed muffin. And then you have lunch. So lunch can be a really hearty lentil uh, lentil soup with vegetables and even uh, fortified with some chicken if you, you prefer some, some meat in there uh, and with a nice salad with olive oil, avocados. Again, you've got all of your, you've got your carbohydrates from the lentils, you've got your veggies, which can contain kale, carrots, spinach in in the soup. Maybe you have some curry powder in there uh, to add the spices and turmeric. And then you've got your salad and your green leafies with some olive oil, as well as avocado, perhaps, and maybe even some more uh, nuts or seeds sprinkled on top of your salad. And you've got a great, good fat, um, high protein meal and then and then for dinner louise we can you know let's let's talk about a typical north american meal like uh, a grilled protein um you know that can be a grass-fed uh we want to we want sources as clean as possible organic uh as possible as much as possible it's not you know it's not uh, uh it's not inexpensive but if you can't find it you know we make do but, uh, you know, a nice uh, a grilled, uh, some kind of a grilled protein, uh, even grilled tofu you can do if you're vegetarian. And then you have your steamed vegetables with a sprinkle of either some butter or ghee or an olive oil. And then you have a, a good uh, a wholesome whole grain carbohydrate like a, a brown rice or a quinoa or wild rice or sweet potato, which is excellent. So nutrient dense, and these are all all really nutrient dense foods. Um, the the proteins, for instance, if you have a clean, grass fed uh, meat or chicken uh, or wild fish, you have the great fats, the conjugated linolenic acids from the grass fed. You have pesticide free, uh, just so many uh, so many uh, nutrients, and then um, and everything is is uh, perhaps again fortified with some neat, uh, seeds and, and nuts and avocado to get a little extra good fat. And, and there you go. You're, you're set. And, you know, spices, anti-inflammatory foods are so important. And that's where those are the green leafy vegetables, uh, the low sugar, low insulin spike, low glycemic index foods are also considered anti-inflammatory berries, high antioxidant foods such as those. And then um, olives and olive oil, the uh, omega-3s, such as walnuts, uh, the oils and walnuts and macadamia nuts, which have omega-7. Uh, and then uh, all of those types of uh, spices, turmeric, cinnamon, uh, all of the curries, the Ayurvedic herbs, the garam masalas, uh, those types of things are so, so, so uh, important and very effective in healing quantities. I mean, qualities. I mean, we... We use turmeric for so many things, and in the right way, it is uh, again food as thy medicine. So it's it's pretty incredible uh, what we can accomplish with the right uh, the right foods in our diet.
0: And this sounds like all all the food that you have mentioned sounds like it will give you a lot of energy, right?
1: You know, if you're if we're controlling blood sugar and insulin, which is so important. Um, thank you for that, Louise. And it's so true that when we're controlling blood sugar and insulin, uh, they don't always go hand in hand because our blood sugar, after we eat our blood sugar, can it can go up for a bit and then go down, uh, but our insulin can still say, stay high for, for a little bit. So, um, and that's where we get those lulls in energy. Sometimes we have lunch and we feel like we just want to take a nap. So that's been really important. And that's where fiber comes in that trifecta that I mentioned, protein, fiber, and fat. If you start with those with each meal, um, you will almost, almost always have a really nice sustained uh, level of energy without having that drop in energy in the middle of the afternoon, for instance. And, Another point that you, you brought up that, uh, that, that I'm really happy about is that we want to allow a, about at least three hours between each meal without snacking. And what this allows is for our blood sugar to come down as well as enough time for the insulin to come down so that that little trough in the insulin and blood sugar allows our body to be ready for the next meal. Uh, without having an insulin spike and um, it helps with fat loss because in that time we literally have the ability to tap into fat for energy okay and so it's it's that's something I tell my patients all the time eliminate snacking and try to keep at least a three-hour window without eating between meals that allows me to touch on another topic is it's it's not only what we're eating but how we're eating it and so this is again another topic all together but how and when we're eating and that could include intermittent fasting it can include a a ketogenic diet it can include a combination of both uh, to get the best most um, therapeutic effects you know and that's something that we can we can talk about perhaps in another podcast
0: doctor and how about coffee because I know uh-huh. I'm a coffee addict. So, but I do, I, I, I try not to take that much because I used to have like maybe six cups of coffee per day, and that was a lot. Oh. And I reduced yeah. to two cups of coffee one in the morning, one in the afternoon. Is coffee good for you?
1: You know what, thank you for asking that because I am not against coffee at all. I think coffee has its wonderful place. It contains a lot of antioxidants and polyphenols from uh, caffeic acid and other compounds in, in coffee, which is also, um, it, it allows free fatty acids to be released. Um, and al- for fat loss, it's very effective. So uh, for people that are working out and you know looking to reduce body fat, it is, it is very good, and it's really high in, in uh, antioxidants as well. So what I do, you know, like to promote is not having coffee first thing in the morning, uh, maybe a little bit after you've uh, awakened, just to not get that surge in cortisol so that you have the drop, uh, because that can affect our adrenal glands. And uh, Andrew, Dr. Andrew Huberman condones, you know, a couple of hours after waking up having coffee, I I agree with that. Sometimes we can have it a little bit sooner rather than that two-hour window, but not having it first thing is very effective in uh, getting the benefits without taxing our adrenal glands. And so, yes, coffee has has also been shown to be beneficial for our liver and our kidney and um, and other organs, cognitive response, um, alertness, of course. Uh, fat loss combined combined with theanine, we found really good calming effects in, in even children. And so there are a lot of benefits to coffee. The only um, uh, uh, addition that I would say is that if we have issues sleeping, I would not recommend coffee after two in the afternoon. In fact, I would stop it by 12. Um, if you have uh, issues with sleep, but at 12 in the afternoon. But if you don't have issues with sleep, I would still would recommend um, finishing any sort of caffeinated beverages by two o'clock in the afternoon. Also to avoid any issues with sleep, eliminating liquids about two hours before bed, you know, and, and that also reminds me to mention that I always condone a window of three hours um, uh, before bed of your last meal. So you eat and then you are not going to bed within three hours of that time. And that, again, allows for blood sugar and insulin to uh, to balance so that you're not storing uh, the food that you've eaten as fat and uh, it's being utilized, as well as um, it helps with uh, a more deeper, uh, concentrated, better quality sleep.
0: Wow. That's a lot of information you have given us, but I'm gonna pass on this to my wife, <laughs> so we can eat healthier. Um, well, I don't know, doctor, if you want to add something else to this podcast because you've been very informative.
1: Yes, and I know, I know, I've touched on on a lot of topics, and uh, we could, uh, we will definitely expand more on. Uh, on follow-up uh, future podcasts. So if there are any specific questions, uh, I am happy to entertain those. And Louise, I know you have all of the information for our listeners.
0: Yeah, that's right, Doctor. By the end of this podcast, you will find all the information how to contact Dr. Figueredo, and She will get your email directly to her inbox. So ask the questions, please. We want to hear from you in... Thank you for listening to this podcast. Uh, You may find us also on YouTube. There are plenty of videos on YouTube that you can uh, go and watch. So, doctor, I appreciate your time, and I wish you a wonderful afternoon.
1: Thank you so much, Louise. You do the same. You have a lovely afternoon.
0: Okay. You take care. Bye-bye. Thanks. If you wanna contact us at the Stem Cell Healing Institute or Dr. Sarah Figueredo, you may do it by calling us. In North America, you may dial PLUS1-209-690-7836. Also, if you wanna write us by WhatsApp, you may add PLUS502-4220-7297. Please send us an email at info at stem dot com. And don't forget to visit our website, stemcellhealinginstitute.com. Also, if you like to recommend our treatments, you may find us on Facebook at Stem Cell Healing Institute. Please follow us on Instagram at Stem Cell If you want to recommend this podcast, please refer to anchor.fm/slash stemcellhealing. Also, you may find us with that very same name on Spotify. If you want to watch our videos, please go to Dr. Sarah Figueredo. That is on YouTube. Thank you.